Hello and welcome everybody to this week's episode of Ollie Font's Motorcycle Club podcast where we talk about Lord of the Rings and whatever the hell. Um, <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Matthew. With me as always is Drew. Drew, how you doing? Pretty good. Happy to be back in Athens. Oh yeah. For the for those who may have forgotten, Drew <laughs> is driving up from Savannah most of the times that we're recording, which is yeah. not a crazy drive, but it's, it's not short. Yeah, four hours, but... We're I was listening to Johnny Cash actually a whole bunch. Oh yeah, on the way up. I've been listening to him a lot lately. Um, and old blue eyes they call yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. You were saying the other day you had like strong opinions about <laughs> one of his songs. Yeah, I've been so his song "Get Rhythm." Uh, it's a great song. How do you feel about this kid in the <laughs> in the song? Do you? I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Controversial take. I respect the hell out of johnny cash's songwriting ability and he's got some bangers but he's not of the like titans of mid-century country and western music Mm -hmm. he is not one of my favorites i'm much more of a i mean i know you also love willie nelson but i'm more of a willie guy Mm -hmm. i'm more of a um waylon jennings guy yeah but by way of saying that i am not really sure i know the, <laughs> the lyrics from get rhythm <laughs> yeah i've listened to the song before but you might have to yeah. explain uh well so i think that this is probably if i'm remembering uh walk the line the johnny cash uh biopic right, right. um correctly that's one of his earlier songs so he probably wasn't like that great at songwriting yet I mean, mm. it's better than any song I've ever written, but, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that this was probably just – the kid was just a, a tool for him to express the theme of the song, which is get rhythm when you get the blues. Mm. Um, a regular Chekhov's gun. But, yeah. Uh, but I I really don't like that – something about this kid, he's a shoeshine boy. Um, oh right, he, right, right. He's he like rubs Johnny me Cash, the wrong way. <laughs> Johnny Cash is like getting his shoe shine, and he's like, "Hey man, how are you like? Yeah, able how you keep to, from like, getting the blues? Yeah, I'm. It's coming back to me now. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Hey, I, I'm a regular pull myself up by yeah. my bootstraps, it's, fellow. It's, it's really it's the part of the the song where he's like Johnny Cash is describing what the Get Rhythm kid says to him, and how he says, he? "I like it with a big white grin." Um, i'm not sure how i feel about this song but like i just i hate this kid's attitude (laughs) i guess he's probably like this kid probably could 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 feed his family with his shoe shining kick hey that this Um, this was joe biden's america in the 1950s where you could you could have a retirement account a house in the hills (laughs) and a shoe shine stand and be making uh, six figures (laughs) yeah and it's just like there were milkshake stands in every corner. He's like, "Oh, you don't like your job? Just be happy that it's your job." And then yeah, get rhythm when you get the blues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, people. Work is good and fun. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that he's trying to alleviate his own situation, but what about some government intervention? Yeah, it comes across these days as very much like, "Oh, you're depressed." <laughs> Just be happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, okay. So I'll have to go back. It's I, a good song, though. It is a good that. song. I'm remembering it now. I have to go back and approach um, <laughs> Get Rhythm from a Leftist Perspective. <laughs> well, um, this kid's just not very labor conscious. Yeah. Come on, people. <laughs> International worker solidarity. <laughs> well, speaking of songs, um, 
<laughs> we also talk about Lord of the Rings as it happens on this podcast. And Not boy, just... are there some freaking songs in that. Oh, man. <laughs> so we we are getting into the meat of the hobbits singing tunes as they walk places part of the story. Yeah, for real. It, whenever they're doing it, it just occurred to me how narrowly we avoided any sort of adaptation of Lord of the Rings at like if the main adaptation of Lord of the Rings in film or like stage or something like that was a musical, oh, man. it could have happened so easily. But oh, definitely. Tolkien freaking he was writing some songs. He was. I think it's just kind of peeling back the curtain. Don't you have to imagine that he had just tried his hand at some songs and poetry and was like, I could probably write. Yeah, I think, and he also, I know that there's a fair amount of old English like verse that's been written mm. like a lot of the corpus of old english texts that linguists work with um is in the form of poetry yeah and so it could be that he had just read enough of that like beowulf is a poem for yeah. example um yeah i could see even even just being familiarized with it through your schooling like mm -hmm. as i imagine was the case for him because like let's face it even still english is he probably had a, a good classics background too, oh yeah so, like but even even modern english classes the impression i get is that they are still obsessed with that particular era of like english literature and poetry i mean like shakespeare looms so large i'm just thinking about like the emphasis on verse maybe i'm talking out of school <laughs> a little bit but um, yeah, like the structure and stuff like that. I was never able to keep those rules for like specific types of verses in my head and stuff like that. But I gotta, I just gotta believe oh, that wait. Tolkien really understood how you, that worked. You don't think that knowing <laughs> what iambic pentameter is is cool? <laughs> Honestly, now that I know more about linguistics and like have a vague idea of what like prosody is, I do think it's kind of cool. But even still, I can't remember it. Like. I would never be able to, like, study that specifically for any language. Folks, we're, we'll try and avoid this being a <laughs> linguistics pod. I love it. Drew really One loves of us it. will avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I seriously doubt everyone listening will share yeah, your fair. appreciation for um, prosody. <laughs> as it I mean, I barely, uh, all I know is that there's a hierarchy of foot types. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah, hey you're telling me, behind. buddy. You're telling me. <laughs> but um, so let let's let's get into the readings for this week. Let's, yeah, we were, we kind of got off topic, but yeah. there's a fair amount of songs in the readings for this yes. week. Yes. So, um, oh, uh, we're reading chapters five and six, correct? Yes. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I, did you read chapters five? <laughs> and I six, did. Drew? I will say we should we should say Matthew read this much more recently than I did. Hey, but and so but if you haven't picked up on it already, Drew's the big picture guy. <laughs> I'm the details guy. I'll keep us on track. I take yeah. very good notes. I was also falling asleep during chapter six. Um. But <laughs> to be fair, it's fine. I think that that, fair, ex that that enhanced my experience of that chapter. I was gonna say, <laughs> as we'll see, that's hey. It's thematic to fall yeah. asleep during <laughs> chapter six. But just a quick refresher of where we finished up in case it's been about a week since you listened to our last episode. Mm, yeah. um, chapters three and four, we get Frodo, Sam, and Mary kind of setting off the, the, the very beginnings mm. of the journey. Although at the time, Frodo is under the impression that only he understands what this is leading to, i.e. Mm. the journey to destroy the ring yeah so we we start the path out to crick hollow where frodo has obtained a new house yeah they are 
seemingly being stalked. Home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're big. Um, they, this is actually a Skyrim port, <laughs> the entire trilogy. <laughs> they they are being seemingly stalked by some black riders, which has got mm-hmm. them on edge. So they're cutting through backwoods to try and get. Yeah. And wh- where we left last left them, um, which, and also we should say it's probably been less time for you, the listener, than it has been for us. Oh, yeah. There's been a couple of weeks between recording that last episode and this current yeah. episode. Um, but where we last last left them is uh, At the they dock. were, yeah, they were just approached by Mary, uh, Pippin, Sam, and Frodo, along with, they're being escorted by Farmer Maggot. Yes, who's uh, dropping them off at Yeah, and the, so they just met Mary, the and they're headed to Mary's house. Correct. And that's where they're arriving at, basically, at the beginning of this chapter. Yes. So that takes us up to the start of Chapter 5, which is called A Conspiracy Unmasked. And I gotta say, I, I'm just so pleased to see that my <laughs> suspicions were correct. Um, we're going to learn about Sauron's ties to Little St. James. <laughs> yeah, I, You know him and the Balrogger in the Little Black Book, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Bill Gates, Probably, probably Saruman, too. <laughs> oh, have you seen his fingernails? <laughs> He's definitely in there. Um, but, <laughs> hey, folks, it ain't that kind of conspiracy, as we'll see. Mm-hmm. So after they meet up with Mary... They cross the Brandywine River by ferry over to the other embankment. They head up this hill, and they see, as you pointed out, Drew, the ancestral hall of the Brandy Bucks, who mm-hmm. are, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's Mary's family. Yeah, yeah. I was So I was actually confused when I was reading this because I thought that— I've, I just had gotten Mary and Pippin's last name confused, and so, I knew that they were both, like— wealthy hobbit families so just for the listener because it they go by nicknames mm-hmm. and so their last names are scarcely mentioned at all yeah pippin is peregrine took yeah mary is mariadoc Brandybuck. Yes. and the brandy bucks are the they are at brandy hall which is like i said their ancestral home yep we get this seemingly unrelated to the actual story just random like history, yeah, of, like history, oh, history of the Brandybuck family. Yeah, it, apparently were the old bucks. Yeah, they <laughs> they changed it. So Gorhindad, old book, old buck, was like the the progenitor. Is that what that word means? The regular uh, Jacob from the Bible. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I don't know. I'm an atheist, it, folks. <laughs> it also talks about um. So he it talks about how Gorhindad, old buck, like founded brandy hall and buckland and stuff like that i for the, these chapters was reading on the ibook because i uh, lost my copy of this book and in the ibook version of this the first time it mentions the name buckland in this chapter it's a link back to <laughs> where it mentions buckland in uh the prologue oh see that's I understand why they would include that, but <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest, folks. I'm just going to be a dick about this. That seems like cheating to me. <laughs> you should have to go and look. If, if you're that motivated. Yeah. Just use the, the, the Lord of the Rings wiki, man. It's not that yeah. deep. It's not that deep. But we, sh- we, we have to talk about the fact that these hobbits were distinct. They're beautiful boaters. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they are the only hobbits that can swim, apparently, and they love boats. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, but they also, golly, th- some of these 
these like tribes of hobbits make no sense to me. They like made a a great wall of hay around oh their God, house. Know, right? Like what? that doesn't make any sense yeah. at all. But it Hopefully sounds no like big bad wolf comes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it sounds like it's actually more of like a hedgerow. I don't know why they would call it hay. I, who cares? It doesn't matter, folks. We're we're getting caught up in minutia, losing the for, losing the old forest for the trees, as it were. <laughs> so they don't actually stop at Brandy Hall, which is why we didn't need the history lesson on it. Yeah, <laughs> they they kind of turn back around and see that there's a black shrouded figure on the side of the of the river that they were just that that they were previously on. Mm-hmm. So kind of seems like they're still being stalked. <laughs> uh, but it's a good thing that horses can't swim cuz they got to go like 20 miles apparently to take yeah. like the like the long way around to the other side since there's no ferry on yeah. um since they just took it. They they start making their way to Crick Hollow where Frodo's like new real estate is that he got. Um it was a fixer upper but yeah. uh, <laughs> they finally get there and Drew, you know you know who I'm going to mention. Who is waiting for them when they get to Crick Hollow? Mm. Oh, come on. Fatty Bulger. That's right. Fatty <laughs> okay. Bulger. I thought ba- that was who it was because I, I also made a note about this person's name. The best damn character in the book. <laughs> I will die on that hill. Um, so Fatty has kind of been keeping the place warm for them. You uh, think his name in the Spanish version of these books is Gordito? God, I hope so. Probably, right? We should look. Make a make a <laughs> write that down. Write that down. Um Fatty and Mary show Frodo around the place and, and Sam. And Frodo, this this place comes fully equipped with a three <laughs> copper tub bathroom so they can all sh- uh take a bath at the <laughs> same time. I can't believe this was omitted from the movies. I know. They were splish splash taking a bath. <laughs> Well, uh, not only were they <laughs> taking a bath, they were singing about it the whole dang time. <laughs> yeah, so this is the songs that we were talking about. The first, of, well, not the first song in the book, but first one that came as a just sheer surprise. I feel like, yeah, like <laughs> it really is like rub a dub dub, yeah. three men in a tub. Yeah. Like they're just singing about how nice it is to splash hot water on their feet. Yeah, <laughs> and also it mentioned like. When they saw that they were going to take a bath but didn't see that there were three tubs, I think Frodo was like, who's going to take the first bath? And it's like, <laughs> obviously, they're not going to all get in the tub together, but, like, would they, like— Wait, why not? Well, like— <laughs> <laughs> I just—I feel like I'll they, let you dig yourself out of that Would they have—would <laughs> they have— change the water each time i feel like probably not and that's just gross yeah but i think that's how you used to take baths i know you like get probably like scalding not. water and then everyone and the, would take turns yeah which so is, it's like it's unpleasant for everybody but for different reasons each yeah, time <laughs> yeah oh i also got a a note when they were describing one of the houses that it has a roof of turf um, I just, do you think they got goats on the roof of this place? <laughs> God, I hope so. Middle Earth X goats on the roof crossover <laughs> episode. Please, we need, we need <laughs> like they only they don't have bikes normally, but they do have a bicycle that has a chain with like a cup going <laughs> yeah, up to the roof. Can, we, <laughs> these these hobbits are surprisingly advanced when it comes to their goat feeding and tourist <laughs> trap technology. Yeah. Um, for those of y'all that don't know about goats on the roof, you just need to drive just, through North Georgia, man. Yeah, I think that there's a like a couple. There's probably like four locations at most, but it's just like oh, a yeah. tourist trap def- destination that has like nestled between gym mining operations. <laughs> yeah, they uh, put 
they just have goats on the roof. That's they their do. thing, and yeah. you can feed them. Uh, they got a big wall of jelly beans at the one in Hell in Georgia. Oh, sick. Um, yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's a good time. There, there yeah. are worse tourist destinations. I mean, it kind these, of... These goats love the roof. It kind of stinks that they ripped off, you know, Tolkien and didn't pay him <laughs> any royalties. Yeah, for but, real. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we're we're getting far afield from <laughs> from the, the, the story here, folks. So after they take their baths, they they sit down for some mushrooms, and Frodo is keen <laughs> to remind Fatty that Mrs. Maggot is a queen. <laughs> He's like, whoa, 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 whoa! She gave me these mushrooms; they are mine. He's being kind of a he is. He's, he's like being almost, a queen about it. Almost as covetous as me over these mushrooms. That's what like, I'm saying. This, this, everything that they've talked about mushrooms in this book leads me to believe that I absolutely would be a hobbit if I was to be any like middle earth uh race just being hairy and eating mushrooms and living in the ground and not liking shoes (laughs) yeah hey honestly (laughs) the older and older i get the more awesome it sounds to be a hobbit (laughs) but but the real thing that they discuss while they're sitting around dinner is the the black riders and frodo is like ah all right look y'all i i (laughs) the the jig is up basically like i can't keep this a complete secret anymore so he finally starts to reveal his plans to his friends. Mm-hmm. But lo and behold, Frodo has been far from slick this whole time. <laughs> his friends are clowning on him. Yeah. Um, yeah, the conspiracy unmasked is... At first, I thought it was that he, the unmasking would be him revealing his actual intentions. And they're yeah. going to be like, oh, what? But really, it was that they had all been conspiring. Like they knew that he wasn't planning on actually living in Crick Hollow, and like that it, even that it had to do with Bilbo's ring. Yeah. Like why he was being so secretive, and like th- didn't it even say that like Sam, his reason for eavesdropping on Frodo and Gandalf's conversation in that other chapter where he gets like pulled through the window by yeah. Gandalf, isn't that like part of like? He had told Pippin and Mary that he was going to listen in on their conversation or something. Yeah. Or like there was an agreement that he would do that. So basically It was premeditated, not yeah. just he was happened to be gardening. So Mary has been like a straight up spy for a while. Yeah. He reveals and and so Mary's the, an orc. <laughs> yeah. He's a a ward of the enemy. <laughs> Mary and Pippin want to help him because they basically know everything. Mm-hmm. Mary had actually seen Bilbo utilize the ring mm-hmm. and become invisible using it. He was just watching all of his indiscretions. Yeah. Bilbo <laughs> going from house to house, all those hilfs, you know, <laughs> hobbits. <laughs> um, and so he actually, but he, <laughs> but in all seriousness, folks, um, he sees. Bilbo and the Saxville Bagginses. Oh yeah, that's in funny the same that direction. it was funny that Bilbo like did he, just did that to avoid talking to family members. This, this man <laughs> risked the fate of Middle used... Earth and the One Ring falling into the hands of the enemy to avoid his <laughs> annoying neighbors. Yeah, that rules. I honestly, I I would do the same thing. <laughs> so so Mary sees this and sometime later actually is able to also read bilbo's full basically <laughs> the hobbit he reads bilbo's account of yeah um how he came into possession of the ring and between that and sam dropping eaves they 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 know pretty much the entire crux frodo 
has been selected by Gandalf to assist in the destruction of the One Ring. Yeah. And so they're like, like, we understand we understand the danger. We're going to come yeah. along. And Frodo is like putting up a big fight. Yeah. But he eventually gives in because mm-hmm. he's like the Gildor, um, the elf that they were with in the forest a couple of chapters ago, basically said, just make sure that they know understand the task and like that they're ready. Yeah. Um, don't take them along unwillingly, but if they're willing, like they'll be an asset essentially. And Frodo's like, that seems like a good omen, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll bring my friends along. Yeah. So we got the Hob Squad settled. <laughs> but the best character in the book, old fatty, he decides that <laughs> he's like he the old forest. That's too far, man. Yeah, he's like good for you for doing that, but like I'm gonna stay here. <laughs> yeah. So basically. It's settled. They decide to set out at first light to begin their journey to try and uh, link up with Gandalf some way down the line. But they're going to set off and start through the old forest to begin their journey and kind of avoid notice from anybody who might be waiting along the path mm-hmm. to intercept them. I yeah. mean, those, those Black Riders, they've seen three times at this point, or what they think are the Black Riders. Yeah. So they they are just like... That is, like, a super dangerous way to go, but we kind of have to. Yeah. Have you considered the fact that it might be Aragorn? Oh, yeah. I don't know if it is or not. Like, I haven't... I've never read this far into this book. I'm I'm fairly confident, having seen the movies, that they try to be pretty faithful. I.e., like, they definitely... I think the first time it's Mm -hmm. the black riders but the second time when they're down in that valley where they can't actually see it yeah i think that's aragorn gotcha and i believe the figure on the other side of the ferry is aragorn like he's he's not being quite as careful or stealthy as the black riders because he doesn't know necessarily what he's tracking or at least i think he doesn't yeah maybe he knows that he's trying to track them but it's just losing them if he is actively looking for them it would only be because gandalf told him to probably exactly and so it's like oh i didn't even think about that that's probably what it is yeah and that's why they can't find gandalf all right cool well so next episode is going to be canceled because we figured out yeah it's probably going to happen they need to get some eagles <laughs> i think too yeah oh. yeah yeah there's only like 12 pages left of this book by yeah. the way <laughs> <laughs> so they it's settled mary pippin sam and frodo are going to set out Fatty's going to take them, excuse me, Fred Regard, we got to put some respect <laughs> on his name, is going to take them to the edge of the old forest, and then from there, mm-hmm. they'll just, he's he's actually going to stay behind and tend Frodo's new home in Crick Hollow, <laughs> and <laughs> apparently put on like a Groucho Marx mask and pretend <laughs> to be Frodo, just to uh, keep from arousing any suspicion, <laughs> but they, they settle down for the night, and that's going to take us to chapter six yep. over the old forest. Yep. They wake up, good Lord, they wake up at 4.30. Can you imagine? Yeah. How how did people do that before just, alarm clocks? I seriously don't understand. Yeah. You just had to have somebody that knew you that was an early riser, basically. Yeah. I mean, like the... But being hobbits, is, they were like, just in time for fourth meal. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, and like, this is seems so typical to, they don't leave at 4.30. They, they wait a whole hour and a half, yeah. even though they're being chased by like <laughs> mythical beings that are trying to kill them. They're like, yeah, we get, you know, we got to stretch. We there's just, there's even, even though they know time. that they're like in a certain amount of danger, they just still have no sense of urgency except for when they can see a black rider. <laughs> yeah. Um, they eventually decide to set out. 
they are going to get led to a like somewhat secretive passage into the old forest that's known to Mary. Mm-hmm. He just seems like he he is not let on how much he has explored. He's a real curious guy. Yeah, Mary seems like he is like the Aragorn of hobbits. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I I like him so much more in the book. So not not yeah. not that he's unlikable in the movies, just that. He seems very on. He he seems a little bit moody at times, yeah. but he seems very on top of everything. Yeah, like um, uh, a- after the fame that he gained from the events of this story, he probably went on to host some sort of wildlife show on National Geographic. God, I hope so. <laughs> um, For all my Dominic Monaghan fans, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have such wildly different references on this show. I I do not care to meet the average fan of this <laughs> that like enjoys both of the things that we're referencing. They're probably <laughs> annoying as hell. But anyway, he basically takes them through this kind of cut through, kind of diagonal through the the big wall of hay hedge or whatever the hell this thing is. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like it grows tall enough that the average person would have trouble finding where this entrance is. Mm-hmm. But apparently it's just so difficult to get into the old forest. Yeah. Because there's what I think we both know are ants living in this forest. Yeah, but and they seem like they're, like, shittier. Yeah. <laughs> like, they they aren't quite as, like, they're not bipedal. They're, like, yeah. they just seem like they're kind of chilling in the ground but, like, screwing with people. They're just, like, ornery trees. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that'll mess with you. Slash try to crush you. Yeah. Well, and... And the reason why it's hard to get into the old forest is because there's, like, all these walls kind of in place. Because apparently there was some kind of war between the hobbits and the <laughs> and the, the tree. Like, for the, for the unengaged, mm. the Ents are basically, like, tree people that are, like, yeah. semi-sentient. But, all- like, in the movies, they, like, walk around and well, stuff. But they, they do make reference to the fact that, like, not, like, all of the trees are sentient, but... Some the ants are like special because they're oh, like that's right, humanoid. They're, they're tree herders, and the oh, trees yeah, that's have cool. and the trees I think still have like some yeah like what I would call like magical properties or yeah. like they're they're sentient essentially just like a low level yeah almost like a Venus flytrap it seems like but maybe with <laughs> more yeah. I think you're overestimating the sentience of a Venus flytrap <laughs> look man I. <laughs> This is not but a plant I, yeah this is not a plant pod although they're like the although we might have a guest. Talking about some plants soon. Hmm. Keep your eyes peeled, folks, or your ears, <laughs> better yet. But so, anyways, the hobbits apparently waged like genocide on <laughs> these trees so that they would stop attacking the hobbit village. Yeah. Um, which, hey, kind of problematic, Loki. <laughs> um, but, anyways, Mary's leading the way. We, we're getting really bad vibes from this forest. Yeah. Like, I, this has been the first part of the story that's felt truly cinematic to me. I've really yeah. enjoyed it up to this point, but we're getting like descriptions of just the unease that the hobbits are feeling. Yeah. They're like looking over their shoulders. It feels very literally like they're being watched, yeah. and so they're 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 trying to take more or less. I, I wouldn't even call it a shortcut. They're just trying to take the safest path through this. Right. And Mary seems to know like the basic geography. So he's trying to take them to Bonfire Glade, essentially uh-huh. just like a, a, a pretty nice clearing where they could escape like mm-hmm. the dense and kind of like ominous forest yeah. vibe. Yeah. 
So they eventually get there, and it's this nice clearing. The sun's shining through. Their spirits are kind of temporarily lifted. Mm-hmm. But these trees, I think they're listening to them because yeah. the the path that Mary wanted to take has been seemingly like closed off or moved yeah. by the trees. It seems yeah. like they're still able to find it because Tolkien kind of just cuts to like, oh, and then they found it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but more than anybody, I don't know if it's just because he's the main character, but Frodo was bugging during this section. Yeah. He is like, losing it. And like, this is why we were talking about that. It, it's kind of fitting that I was falling asleep during reading this chapter because like they just get, I don't, is it like explicitly stated that they're like essentially like hypnotized? I, I think you're getting a little ahead of the the story, oh, but but basically, the, I think the trees, yes, are having some kind of like psychic effect on yeah. on the hobbits, or like bringing them under some sort of like enchantment. I yeah. I would say is the best way to describe it, because yeah. it's not like they're like casting a spell on them. That's right. I think they just have this like natural power that like lures somehow the hobbits. Yeah. Um, but I think the main thing it's doing right now is just making them feel, like, super on edge. Like, they're very yeah. aware that they're being, yeah like, messed with, essentially. Yeah. So they, they actually get to, like, the top of this hill that rises out of the forest, and there they, like, break for lunch. And mm-hmm. they can see, stretching out before them in this vast, like, array of, like, trees spanning this valley. Yeah. They they see the part that they want to try and avoid, which is called the Withywindle Valley. Say that five times fast. <laughs> Wee- <laughs> wiggle, um, wiggle, wiggle. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> but they, so so Mary's like, all right, look, guys, I got it. I got it. We are going to go north and east and not <laughs> south and west. We are going to avoid the, he calls it the queerest part of the valley. <laughs> they start out, Mary is leading them, but they get their directions Back ass words. Yeah, they they're trying to bushwhack, <laughs> and they're keep in mind. I don't think we mentioned this. They're on a ho- like they have ponies this whole time that they're dragging through this like gnarled like yeah. super hard to think like a mangrove swamp is almost what it sounds like at parts. Yeah. But then at other points when it opens up a little bit, it's more like a pine forest. Mm-hmm. It is seems like very difficult to traverse. Yeah. So eventually. They're just at a point where they're, like, getting to the bottom of, like, little embankments and just having to go, like, the long way around them just to try and bushwhack. Right. Hey, they should have brought a bobcat, not ponies. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> so they, they're, like, they're at this point, they're just, like, whatever. We're, we're going to keep pressing on. They eventually do come to a clearing. Mm-hmm. And Mary is like, okay, sick. We are way the hell off course, but I know where we are again. <laughs> yeah. But now this is where we really start to run into trouble. They yeah. are, like, growing wearier and wearier with every step. Yeah. Mary and Pippin and Sam and Frodo are all starting to, like, fall asleep. Like, they are, like, sleepwalking, basically. <laughs> They're just falling about the place. Yeah. Um, and Me when I was reading this. Part, hey, seriously, right? folks. So they all just are like, you know what? I think the best thing for us to do will be to lay down and go to sleep <laughs> on all these like crazy ass tree roots, and the trees start like enveloping them and yeah. swallowing them. It's like the I, it made me think of like that the vines in the first Harry Potter movie towards mm-hmm. the end. That like I can't remember what it's called. I the one that's like doesn't like the light 
and they're like getting like wrapped into it and like sucked underground. It's like quicksand, but if a plant. Yeah. Quicksand. I don't. I don't think I've engaged with Harry Potter <laughs> since the last movie came out. I don't remember. <laughs> um, it's just that I'm not the biggest Hillary Clinton fan in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so they're starting to get swallowed up. And Mary and Pippin get, like, ate up by the trees. Like, they are yeah. inside the roots. And Frodo yeah. and Sam are still able to kind of, like, stay on their feet. Yeah. And they're like, we need to do something. And Sam They, like, lost the, their ponies, too. Yeah. And, like... Sam gets the brilliant idea of, like, I know how we'll get Mary out. We'll <laughs> light the tree on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and they can, like, talk to Mary and Pippin. And they're like, no, stop doing that. And he's like... So the, we figure out that, like, the tree is, like, speaking to them in the roots. Yeah. Way. We don't hear its voice in any dialogue, but it's, like, basically, like, tormenting them, like, psychologically while yeah. they're getting, like, uh, like eaten by these roots. So and it almost seems like the trees, and I think rightfully, like, the reason why Mary and Pippin are like, no, don't do that, is, like... Yeah. The more you do to kind of like make your presence known, the the stronger the the response of the trees is going to be to like trying to yeah. like I don't know what it doesn't even say in the movie I don't think yeah. what happens if you get right taken by a tree but my guess is you just die yeah it made it seem like it was just gonna like crush them yeah <laughs> like um and Frodo is like he like doesn't seem to think that it's a good idea to set the tree on fire but he kind of just lets yeah sam do it anyway and he is just freaking out and <laughs> running it's he, he seems like he's in like his death throes he's just running around losing his <laughs> cool and he just starts randomly screaming for help just like in the middle of this huge forest yeah <laughs> but you know what not all hope is lost they start to hear some singing coming from around the bend. <laughs> and you know who it is? Tell them, Drew. Tom Bombadillo. Tom MF and Bombadil. Mo Bombadil, <laughs> if I may. <laughs> okay, this is going to be like the one section where I request that we actually just read word for word <laughs> the description of this man. Go for it. Um, Let's see. I think I was picturing him cast in my head as uh, Christopher Lloyd. Th um, this guy sounds. I, I see why they left this out of the movie. So, so for those that don't know, Tom Bombadil, this section of Fellowship of the Ring, is just completely cut from the movies. Yeah, it's not even in the extended editions. He's like one of these characters that, like, from what I can tell, I mean, he. It's implied that there's like an insane amount of lore about him. Yeah. But like from what I understand there isn't really a whole lot that we know for sure about him like canonically with like yeah. all of the works of Lord of the Rings to take into consideration and so like he's sort of I think taken up this role of like like the Boba Fett of Lord of the Rings where it's like <laughs> he's good, he's yeah. interesting enough but like there isn't actually enough information about him yeah. so that he's like, he can't help but like spark the imagination of anybody that is like reading about reading the parts that he does appear in. <laughs> but also I, mm, I have complex thoughts about Tom Bombadil in it. Maybe the movies are a little bit darker than the books. I would mm -hmm. say that's basically accurate so far. Like there's just more, minute details that are kind mm -hmm. of talked about in the book 
Yeah. But he is just one of these, like, he just exudes, like, positivity and cheer, mm-hmm. which we get, like, um, oh. for, for readers familiar with The Hobbit, they, there's this whole section where they're in the house of this, like, shapeshifter, and it's very, yeah. like, just merry and, like, there's song and Yeah, food. I felt like it was, like, this is this book's version of that scene. Yeah. Isn't and that I, guy's name, like, Bjorn or something? I believe so. Bjork. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Venus, uh, what is it? <laughs> Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I need to do my Bjork homework, folks. The only thing I know about Bjork is that she is Venus an INFP a boy. like me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> folks, we're... Uh, um, uh, what the hell is that called? Myers-Briggs? Myers-Briggs yeah. truthers on this pod. <laughs> now nah, this is... This hey, is an Enneagram pod, yeah, if anything. I know it's pseudoscience, but it's pseudoscience that's accurate to me, so... Yeah. <laughs> it's the closest thing I have to a religion. <laughs> oh, while while we're not getting too far away from it, though, another uh, parallel between uh, with Tom Bombadil and Star Wars is that they never actually say Tom Bombadil in the book. <laughs> sort of like Ewok. What? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> never mind. <laughs> we're leaving that in, but folks, just know that I want to cut that. <laughs> um, ugh. You make me sick. <laughs> All right. So Tom Bombadil. So Frodo is yelling, screaming like a maniac. Um, but we hear this singing. And this is what I what I was going to say is this character makes me cringe just a little bit with his singing. So yeah. here is his song. He says, hey, doll, merry doll, ring a dong dillo, <laughs> ring a dong, hop along, fall all the willow. This is just this is nonsense yeah and also like going back to talking about tolkien's just like love of putting songs in his books like yeah did he think it the tune would be more transparent than it actually is because it's like all i can think about is like i don't feel like i'm reading a song because i don't have any frame of reference are for you, what it sounds okay. like are you also <laughs> reading in your head as like hey don't very don't just like someone chanting yeah. feverishly. It, That's it's all like, I can imagine. I, I have to imagine there's like a some kind of tune that Tolkien had in mind, but like that there's just no way for that to translate for my experience as a reader. Yeah. And like Well, all you need to know is that he's singing self referentially about like his house and his like my name is Tom, and I'm here to say I got a house <laughs> and a river it. woman, river woman's daughter. <laughs> I got uh, he's got a bunch of water lilies for some reason. This yeah. guy's just weird. Like, yeah, he seems like fun. Like, I hey, yeah, he. Could, I mean, I get why why people like him so much. He could join the rotation. <laughs> um, but here's here's the description that I wanted to really read. This is on page one seventeen for everyone reading along. There was another burst of song, and then suddenly, hopping and dancing along the path, there appeared above the reeds an old battered hat with a tall crown and a long blue feather stuck in the band. With another hop and a bound, there came into view a man, or so it seemed. At any rate, he was too large and heavy for a hobbit, if not quite tall enough to be one of the big people, though he made noise enough for one, stumping along with great yellow boots on his thick legs and charging through grass and rushes. Just picturing, like, galoshes. (laughs) I, (laughs) um... I was picturing like galoshes, but with the kind of like you know, like the where they kind of fold the edge down, and it kind of looks like the edge of a castle wall, where it's kind of oh, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> like some kind of medieval galoshes, um, maybe from medieval rubber. 
for for anyone who has seen um the Disney Robin Hood with the fox, I'm picturing like <laughs> that, but yellow boots and a blue hat. Okay. Hopefully yeah. wearing pants, but we can't be sure. <laughs> he doesn't. I don't think he says. Um, he had a oh he has a blue coat and a long brown beard. His eyes were blue and bright, and his face was red as a ripe apple, but creased into a hundred wrinkles of laughter. In his hands, he carried on a large leaf, as on a tray, a small pile of white water lilies. It's like, how is this man going to help with some yeah. killer trees? I just don't see it. Um, uh, lo and behold, he does. So <laughs> this guy, he's like, hey, everybody, I'm Tom Bombadil. And um, Frodo's like, <laughs> he doesn't seem to know how to respond because <laughs> I think similarly to me, he's like, how the hell is this guy going to help? Yeah. But at least he's here. Right now i got to deal with this dumb idiot too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just, he's singing and making it worse. Um, but... Tom Bombadil seems like he kind of has it going on because he's able to like sing into like the crevice that Mary is stuck in, and he is able to get the tree to release Mary and Pippin, and yeah. he's kind of like chastising it. So yeah, he's basically like old man Willow, you dumb asshole. Yeah, <laughs> like, these let these hobbits go. <laughs> dig deep, drink some water, go to bed. Is basically <laughs> what he says to the tree. He like the the hobbits obviously profusely thank him for rescuing them from yeah. certain death at the hands of trees in like the first <laughs> five minutes that they're in any actual danger. Yeah, and lo and behold, we get uh, Deus Ex Machina. He's gonna <laughs> take them to his house and they're gonna eat fairy bread. Yeah, like he basically Hang out with is just their like, river wife. Yeah, he's like, we got honey, we got white bread, we got um, cheese with herbs. Yeah, we got <laughs> butter. That seems like the number one food in The Lord of the Rings is just buttered bread. Yeah. And that sounds great. I would go back in time for that. Yeah. Ideally, enough butter to be spread over the bread so it's not yeah. spread too thin. Yeah, because then you might be feeling old like you're in possession of the one ring or something. <laughs> but that's just a hunch. So they they make their way through the woods. It is still quite ominous, but it seems like the trees are being held at bay now, at least at mm. this point. And when they get there... Who should greet them but the dang river daughter? Which we don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> She's singing too. Um there's just a lot of singing. She she really matches his vibe though, that's for sure. Is she in It said that she had like elven traits. Is she an elf? I I I guess so. I really don't know. It's kind of maybe there's just less like of the characters explaining. I thought for like half a second that it was Arwen. When I was reading this. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Um, but I don't think it is, because I think at that point they would have just called her that. Yeah. And also, like, I feel like she's... It probably isn't just in the movies that Arwen and Aragorn are romantically involved. Hey, we'll see. I bet there's a lot more uh, kissing scenes in the movies than in the book. Probably. But a, but a boy can dream. <laughs> <laughs> so the next chapter is going to be... We'll go ahead and preview... Chapter 7 will be in the house of Tom Bombadil. So mm -hmm. we're about to see what kind of wacky, zany things. I he's bet got he's got, like, like glockenspiels and shit. I was about to say, he's probably got one of those, like, Pee Wee Herman, like, Rube Goldberg wake-up <laughs> machines. He's wearing a propeller beanie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just, like, wildly anachronistic. <laughs> but it's, like, he's acting like a, a British schoolboy from, like, the 1910s, <laughs> just eating lollies. <laughs> He's got a chicken that lays an egg that knocks over a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of marbles for some reason. Um, 
So we, I think, are about to learn a little bit more about Tom Bombadil Mm -hmm. in that chapter. So I'm reserving judgment on his kind of like place in the hierarchy of like mystical beings in this universe. There's really no telling what his deal is. Yeah. But I'm hoping we get some something figured out or he is at least able. uh, Presumably he's going to point them back in the right direction and get them out of the old forest safely. Like I said, he he's kind of swooping in. Um, and kind of saving their ass from a plot perspective. Yeah, and I, I will say also, th- I think we are to an extent interested in learning that. It's just yeah. not sure when we'll figure that. It how how transparent his role in the universe is. But I think, uh, from just this book, I think just his non inclusion in the movies makes me assume that he must have some kind of significant incredibly high concept but like, i really thing think it wouldn't translate on film yeah i really just think though that it was like oh this doesn't seem essential to the plot and might seem like it raises more questions than it answers exactly when i seriously think he he's merely included as like an interesting character yeah. as part of like fleshing out so the, that world. the character isn't just them walking for or did i say character so that the story isn't <laughs> just them walking for the entire time walking uh what is it when we learned about uh the passive and the active voice walking <laughs> emanated from every corner of the room yeah that one's a that was, shout out to all my uh, 12th grade homies from uh miss arnold's class <laughs> later um mr mangan's class <laughs> yeah yeah i think chapters after chapters because literally the entire series is them walking a ton yeah interspersed with conflict yeah and so it's just like that just provides a lot of opportunity for Tolkien to just, like, put something interesting in that, what what otherwise would be sort of just, like, negative space. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to see any comments <laughs> under the show asking, who's Tom Bombadil? Why is he important? We're not telling you folks <laughs> unless Tolkien reveals something yeah. explicitly. Although it might be good. I, like, just had this idea and is directly contrary to what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Naturally. a friend, uh, friend of the show, Thomas May, um that he's uh very into lord of the rings and knows a lot more about it than we shout out thomas he uh is particularly fond of the tom bombadil character so it could be we'd like to have him on eventually um so it could be that he's just on for like a one-off episode where we like talk he tells us about tom bombadil and he can be our uh resident in-house tom bombadil expert yeah and we'll just call upon him for that particular slice of knowledge yeah I'd be interested because, I mean, like, he is a very amusing character, but I can't really imagine being just utterly fascinated with him. Yeah, I I don't, if only because he doesn't seem to play that much of a role. No. Although, I mean, I guess the 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 Hobbits wouldn't have gotten that far without That's him true. helping. With... Hey, we, we joked about the book being over in, like, 100 pages <laughs> earlier, but, hey, they could have died right here. It would have if if he hadn't shown up. Truly. Well, folks, that brings us to a close. Drew, you want to hit the people with the plugs? If you like the show, you can find out more on our Instagram at olifonts underscore mc. Um, if you want to s- send us anything, you can email us at olifontsmotorclub at gmail.com. 
Um, our YouTube channel is Olifant's Motorcycle Club, where you can watch me play Minecraft over the video audio. And um, I would, I'm hoping at some point we can do like a vaporwave edit. <laughs> yeah, have, we should do that. God, I, wave. <laughs> I will go back and listen to our own episodes. I'm that vain. <laughs> if we have some vaporwave Minecraft edits, fun. we should do. We should make a Simpson Wave podcast. <laughs> Hell yes! <laughs> Stay tuned for that, folks. <laughs> Um, my Twitter is at Drew Felt, that's D-R-E-W-F-E-L-T, um, and Matthew's is at Mute underscore Matthew, that's M-U-T-E underscore M-A-T-T-H-E-W. And uh, just in case you also didn't know how to spell Oliphants, that's O-L-I-P-H. <laughs> no, don't give them that. <laughs> A-U-N-T-S. <laughs> um, and as always, all of these plugs will be linked in the uh, description for each episode. All righty, folks. Yep. Take care. Bye.